Welcome to my world. From stage to screen, comedy to politics, decriminalize it. He's cannabis's most famous and fearless celebrity. Now, Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. Please welcome the stoner legend himself, Tommy Chong. Welcome to the Tommy Chong Podcast. Keep it rolling. The Tommy Chong Show on Cannabis Radio is on the air for the first time in a long time. And with me is my producer and my mentor and my, <laughs> my uh, sometime bass player. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your mentor? My son. How can your son be your mentor? You can't be your mentor. No, you're my mentor, man. You you make me do things that I would normally do, you know, because you've done the research. Paris Chong, say hello to that, say hello. I think that's manager. That's not man- <laughs> mentor. <laughs> no, you can be a mentor. It's yeah. good to be back, man. It is really good to be back. <laughs> I'm going to just be honest here. This is our second recording of today because... We haven't done a podcast for so long that we when think, I hit record, nothing recorded in the last <laughs> half an hour. So we had to go and I had to figure out what happened and I, because I, I didn't have the MIDI thing plugged in. So doohickey. Yeah. The MIDI doohickey. The, uh, the thing that turns the sound into digital stuff. But anyway, we're recording and you guys are listening and I uh, hope everybody's got their vape pen handy or their pipe or their bong or whatever you use to do your medicine but you don't important. it's not a requirement you don't have to be high for this show yeah you do <laughs> okay i don't know who you're talking to <laughs> who you been talking to you have to be high to do anything at least i do <laughs> i don't know about you in fact i've been high so long that being straight is another high you know what i mean yeah, when I was uh, in the hospital recovering, uh-huh. they had me hooked up to a morphine uh-huh. and a little button there. And the doctor told me, you know, if you feel the pain, you know, then don't be afraid. Hit the button. But he didn't say, what if I feel that I'm going to be feeling the pain pretty soon? Uh-huh. I'd say to myself, well, I think I think I, I feel something. Oh, I think that's pain. I think, yeah, I better hit the button. Yeah. So I hit the button. Yeah, man, I was blown away by how awake you were and how active you were and like you know i you know when people do the the heavy doses of morphine i thought like that's like heroin like you're gonna nod off and go in your own space your own world but you you were you were not like that at all no it hit me the opposite you were like hyper and talkative and you know outgoing and and doing bits i was britson with uh (laughs) <laughs> kibitzing. The doctor. I've, I've figured out the word. Kibitzing. 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 I was kibitzing with all the doctors <laughs> and the nurses. and oh, I, was, I was making myself laugh. I was funny, you know. Yeah. You were uncomfortable. You know, you definitely had gone through some serious surgery. <sighs> but you were, get, you were up and, and we were walking around and, because they want you to move right away. Yeah. And uh, I was like, man, this is, this is a piece of cake, man. We, we got yeah. this. And, and, but I, I noticed that the nurses... And the doctors had like a little kind of, 
I don't know, this look in their, on their face that, ah, uh, yeah, this is not going to last, guys. It's going to hit them. It's going <laughs> to hit them. It's coming. As soon as, as, soon as all that pain uh, shit wears off, he's going to be moaning and groaning like everybody else, you know? And I was. Oh, my God. Because they oh my God. used a robotic surgery yeah. machine yeah. With, this, with the best surgeon. I think he's the best surgeon in the world for, yeah. what, for that, what he does. Well, he's the best surgeon in L.A. And Dr. Kaza- Kazanjian from UCLA. Yeah. He's the colo- colorectal surgeon. Dr. K. Dr. K. Yeah, he was a cool guy. Yeah, man. There's not that many holes in you, right? Like they kind of go in through, the, through your stomach and they rewired you. Yeah. Re, uh, reworked the plumbing. Yeah, they not only reworked the plumbing, but they moved the exit from the back door to the front. <laughs> they created a new uh, exit in the front, in the belly. Yeah. And they closed off the old exit. Yeah. After they took out the tumor, they just sewed it shut. You're like a, you're like a Ken doll now. Yeah, I am. <laughs> it's a weird feeling, man. You, you got a Ken butt. <laughs> I do not have to uh, sit down on a toilet anymore. I know. That's yeah. weird, man. That is weird. And it's you know, clean back there. It doesn't yeah. smell like poop back there. No, well, there's nothing there. It's, you know, once... Because uh, I, I got to be really close with you. Yeah, yeah, because you, you had to do all the, <laughs> all the intern stuff. They didn't tell us that at the beginning, you know. They, they waited They waited till like, you know, when they sent you home. They said, by the way, uh, if, if it opens back up, you know, you may have to pack it with some packing tape and then... And then I'm like, oh, it's just well, that's okay. <laughs> and then, then next oh, thing you man. know, it opened up, and we got it. We had to pack it with oh, tape. That was the worst. Three year. times a day, because the worst part about it all is that even though they moved the stuff around, the nerves they didn't really tell the nerves what was going on. Well, and so the nerves, the nervous system around that area, once all the 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 pain killing stuff wore off you know the numbing effect wore yeah. off then the the nerves came alive saying well what's up what's going on hey, here let's let's have something to do let's you know let's do something and that's where the the morphine came in you know because yeah. the morphine would quiet quiet the, the guys down a bit you know the nerves guys and then when i got taken off the morphine oh my god i mean i was so sensitive everywhere oh it's killer well and then what blew me away was when you got off the morphine, food just disgusted you. No taste buds. And, totally. and not only no, no taste buds, Dad. I would say, hey, you want a taco? And you'd be like, oh, God, gross, you know? Oh. And then I'd say, just you. Just a thought. I, and you, you I, would, I would mention all the things that you used to love to eat, right? Yeah. And then you would have to, you would have to think like really long and hard. And figure well, out what you could eat. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I liked were popsicles. I loved yeah. eating something cold and, and moist. You liked toast. You liked kind of liked, not really. Not really. I'd take a bite. Ugh. Yeah, that was it. You'd uh, you you'd eat. You like you liked your your plain pasta. Yeah, with olive oil and garlic. Uh, garlic, and that was it. Yeah, that was it. Just a little bit of pasta. I lost thirty five pounds. Yeah, and you and you were having a you were just. You could never get comfortable. No oh. matter which way you sat, sit up, laid. No. It was, that yeah, was the rough. You know, that saved me? you know what saved me? Was that I found out that I could do crunches, you know, abdominal uh-huh. crunches. And I asked the doctor if it was okay. He said, okay, are you kidding? Yeah, do it. Go yeah. for it. And so whenever I, I would do a workout, I would do an abdominal workout. 
literally. And I, I suggest any anybody that's uh, you know laying in bed, if if the doctor allows you to do crunches, go for it. Yeah. Because you can you can uh, do planks and crunches and work on your abs and keep your muscle. And see what you're doing is you're activating your muscles. Yeah. And when you activate your muscles, the nerves go, oh, I, I, yeah, I got a job. Yeah. I, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I, I would work the abs so much uh, that I would feel the burn. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd get a burn uh-huh. there. And then I started working my butt the same way. And, and what butt I had left. I mean, my legs shrunk. My butt shrunk. My dick shrunk. Everything shrunk up, man. But it makes sense because you... When you are doing the crunches or the butt squeezes, you're bringing blood to that area. And blood is what rejuvenates and what, what your body needs to heal. That's right. Yeah. That's what I but, did. But the savior of all saviors was getting high, smoking pot. Yeah. And, and I don't mean, you know, injecting it or swallowing it. Yeah. I mean getting, getting the bong out and smoking up a you were bowl. You were high. You were really high all, then I, then as I much was, as possible. Oh, man. I, once I smoked, and then I remember one night I smoked up, and I woke up in the middle of the night, you know, around that time, and I, I felt hunger pains. I oh. felt them. I had the munchies. Yeah. And I put on a, your robe, and I shuffled off to the kitchen. Yeah went into the refrigerator because I'm telling you, you're in another world when you're recovering from that, that thing, you know, you're, you're recovering from the drugs they give you. You're recovering from the shock that your body's undergone, you know? And so mentally you're not really there. Yeah. Shelby told me I never smiled for, Oh yeah. yeah, You were, you were just uncomfortable. You were just nasty look on my face. (laughs) Yeah. You were just, you were hurting. You were in pain. You were in pain. You're in severe pain, severe discomfort. Yeah. Severe. You're listening to the Tommy Chung Podcast only on CannabisRadio.com. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Boober way. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. 
Tommy Chung Podcast is back only on CannabisRadio.com. Listen, this is our cancer episode, so we're going to rewind it, okay? And I want to know, I want to jump back to, you know, when you started feeling like something was wrong. Because I learned something. I learned that, you know, old guys don't really tell you when something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because because you told me you you gave me you gave me hints. You go like, hey, you know, maybe it's time we you know get a blood test. But you were in like Paris, you know, something's wrong. You know, we need to we need to figure this out. So and and you gave me like three or four hints, and then finally we got it done. Well, the thing is, when you get old, you wake up with a new ache and pain every day. So nothing's new, you know. Especially yeah. if you if you're working out or like dancing, like I was, you know, dancing with the stars. I, my whole body was was worked. You got worked so hard on that show, man, that I would have to check and see if you were alive sometimes because you'd be <laughs> you'd be you'd be taking a nap and like you'd get all kind of gray, you know, in the face, and, and you'd be so out cold that I'd be like, oh no. Oh no! Is he here? Uh, let's achieve. He's breathing. He's breathing. Okay, good. Good. Hold the mirror up. <laughs> no, but what happened? You know, during Dance with the Stars, I started feeling discomfort. Yeah. And not only that, but I was, uh, I was doing these old man, man smells, and yeah. it was kind of embarrassing because you know the, all the Dancing with the Stars crew, cast and crew, you know they were all young kids. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden this old guy would come along and do one of those silent farts. You know that you don't know you're doing it. Yeah. And all of a sudden you smell, and everybody go, "What the hell smells?" And you know, and you know it was me, and, and so I'd, I'd scurry off to the bathroom. You know, and that's when I knew that there was something wrong. Yeah, and and so I literally danced my ass off. Yeah, you danced your ass off, man. You freaking danced your ass <laughs> and off. And then, then, then I I, I blew a, a knee. Uh, there was a cyst in my my knee. Uh, I think it was about the third third week of the Dance with yeah. the Stars. I was doing. Uh, that Johnny Cash routine, you know, uh, the quick step, the right? Pas, no, the pasta. Oh, the pasta doble. Pasta doble, and right at the end of the pasta doble, I'm supposed to run up the stairs and. And I felt something give in my my uh, left calf. I thought I pulled the calf muscle, right. and I thought, oh no! And then they did an MRI and they found out that I popped a cyst that was behind my knee. For you know, I'm seventy seven years old, so it's been there for at least fifty years. You know? Yeah, and and once that popped. All the all the the stuff of the the cyst went into the the muscle, and that's what made it feel like I pulled a muscle. <laughs> and so then, I I got through that no problem. I said, oh okay, I, you know I can do that. But then there was always something, you know. I I knew there was something wrong. Yeah. You know, I knew it. I, you, you just know it. And so then that's when I started saying, I need a blood test. I need to get a blood test. And so then when I got the blood test. Finally got the blood test, uh, and then my PSA numbers were back up to 15, yeah. which isn't, you know, isn't terribly bad, but, you know, like most well, people. Well, I remember you weren't getting much sleep because you have to get up and pee all night, you yeah. know. So, so he, there were several things wrong. And what I, what I learned was is that, you know, once you, you get a diagnosis – you gotta you gotta stick with it. You gotta you gotta monitor that stuff. Yeah. You gotta get lots of blood tests and go in there all the time. Yeah. You know because if you get you want to catch that stuff early. Yes. You know and so we 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 you know you got the MRI. You got it turned out you had you had a tumor yeah. in your rectum, and then it was. It's not a tumor. And then let, let's talk about how it uh, was a tumor because <laughs> because you know they're coming out with kindergarten cop too. 
<laughs> and I think Dolph Lundgren's playing uh, Arnold's uh, Arnold's part. Yeah. part. So, so what we've you know a lot of our my our family and friends uh, wanted to do the alternate route. You know, they were like they were like, oh yeah, they heard about this guy in Mexico. I heard about this guy. This the culture. <laughs> it's funny. Okay, so. So, uh, but we had one guy who was kind of our savior on this one, who, who, who's a fa- dear family friend, Dr. John Joseph from Beverly Hills. And he, oh, he's a plastic, he's a plastic surgeon, surgeon. He's now a plastic surgeon, Shelby's best friend. Yeah. Shh. And he said, Tommy, you got to get it out. You got to get it out immediately. So we, and Dr. Joe, he's, he's, he's like a second generation. Uh, what was he? Lebanese. Lebanon, Lebanese. Yeah. So he's old school, old country type. Uh, and he's like, if you look him up, you'll see uh, kind of comments about working with him. He's no bullshit. You know, he'll yeah. tell you like, hey, listen, uh, I can't help you here. You know, you're fucking ugly. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his favorite line is, uh, you can't polish a turd. No, yeah. I, you know, he goes, he goes, I can turn a six into an eight, but I can't turn a four into an eight or a four into a six, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so anyways he he said he says okay we we got to get it out right away so we go and then well uh, the first thing we got to make sure that, what it is yeah and so there was a uh what do you call a biopsy uh, no, no colonoscopy was, no but there's a doctor what do you call the uh, oncologist mm, a colorectal surgeon yeah he, there was a surgeon on, on in his building which we won't mention because yeah. he, he's a very cool guy but we, yeah. we he wasn't the surgeon that so that. he gave us a talk he gave us a talk and, when the, and the talk was like listen man you know this is going to be rough. they all said this they said this is going to be the toughest hardest thing you've ever done but don't run away from this don't go and try and find some alternative special uh super cure that that you know don't believe basically don't believe that shit because he told us, what did he tell you? What did he tell well, you? he said uh, his dad worked for uh, worked on Farrah Fawcett, but Farrah Fawcett came to him too late. She she when she found out she had rectal cancer, uh, she went down to Mexico and did some Mexican uh, voodoo uh, stuff, you know, like coffee animas and yeah. stuff like that. And and then when she got when she came back to his father, it was uh, over. It was it was gone. He, she was gone. You know, yeah. she it was into the bone and yeah. and then. Too late for surgery. Too late for surgery. Because you need to be strong. You need to be strong for surgery. This is a this was yeah. the heaviest surgery I've ever seen. And man, if you're going into it weak or you're going into it frail, you're fucked. Yeah, you're, you're done. You're done, man. And so, so I that's that's what I always felt like. Uh, I wasn't a, like you know, mom was afraid of surgery because she had this thing in her mind that oh, if you have surgery, it just comes right back and you can't do it, and then you know everyone dies. And, uh, and I was like, well, no, man. Yeah, I could see that if you're if you're unhealthy and really frail and like you know, but but. But I, you know, you've been you've been training hard. You've been eating really correct. You've been taking care of yourself. And I was like, no, we can get, we can do this, man. Yeah, and not this. only that, but I'm, I'm not afraid of, uh, you know, when I I grew up in the country in Canada, and when you get a toothache, you go to the dentist, he'd pull that sucker out. <laughs> you know, there was no filling or 
you know, flossing or nothing else. Yeah. Where does it hurt? Okay, boom, bam, it's gone. And so I was used to having things extracted from my yeah. body. I had no problem with yeah. that, you know. And then I, I messed up a finger one time, and and I he tried to reattach the tendon to my finger, and, and that didn't work. And so, but luckily I could play a guitar yeah. still. And and so I'm, I'm, I wasn't, you know, stranger to hospitals or surgery. Yeah. My mother, you know, as long as I can remember, my mother was... Uh, in fact, I never saw her for a couple of years because she was in a sanitarium uh, for tuberculosis. Yeah, and 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 so I got checked every. We, we all did. All the kids got checked every month for for years. Yeah. And so I, you know, I've been probed and you know stuck with needles and everything else all, all my life. So yeah. I wasn't. Uh, you know, doctors were my friends. You yeah. know, I wasn't afraid of afraid of surgery or anything, and and especially. Uh, that kind of surgery because they they put you so far out. It's done before you know it, you know. And man, it, you know, we we found with the help of Doctor Joe, the best guy in the world, yeah. right? Out of UCLA, Doctor Kazanjian, and he was he and UCLA has this special robotic surgery machine. You know, everything was just state of the art. I mean, you probably couldn't get the same surgery done like that like three four years ago. No, you couldn't. You know, so so. And there was a lot of like a lot of positive things coming out. Well, of this, the great thing know? about robotic surgery is that they don't open you up like yeah. they used to, you know, because that that's where you got hurt. You know, well, because you can get whenever you, yeah, whenever you you open or cut into the the tissue, uh-huh. that that's a breeding ground for more more problems yeah. with cancer. You can bring cells to other areas. Yeah, right? yeah, and so yeah. so what they did, the non invasive. You know, little pinpoint holes, and then they go in there and boom, and they they just surgically yeah. remove the, the you know the tumor. You know, it's like uh, cosmetic surgery. Yeah. Except having your nose fixed, you get your butt fixed. What's the hey, difference? Hey, Dad, did you get uh, an MRI of your area when you had prostate? Yes, I did. So there was no tumor back then, right? No. Okay, so so here's the thing: like you and I disagree on on how you got the tumor. Okay. First of all, it could just come no naturally, right? I did a biopsy when I got diagnosed with with uh, with the prostate. Okay, and, and some that, people think that, that could have triggered moved cells, cancer some, cells around. Yeah, there are some people out there that think that yeah. the biopsy, biopsy moves uh, cells to another area, right? But okay, so you were under tremendous amount of physical stress, right? Yep. During that time, the Dancing with the, the Stars, the Dancing with Stars, heavy amount, but but. You may have had that tumor before that started because your symptoms started during that, but yeah. the tumor was 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 fairly big. Yeah. Okay. So, but so I'm just wondering, like maybe you had it before that. Maybe you had it like could be. Okay. So so then you know the word on the the word in the cannabis community was okay. Treat your prostate. We're talking about just the prostate now. Treat your prostate with uh, uh, Rick Simpson oil suppositories. Right? Yeah. And so you used to do that, and then, and then you used to do a bit about it. Right? Yeah, I, I, I would joke. I was on uh, uh, Access Hollywood, <laughs> and they asked me, you know, how, how do you how do you treat your prostate with uh, with with uh, suppositories? And I said, well, first you find a, wear some loose clothing, then you turn the lights down low, put on a little jazz. And you get the suppositories in one hand, a little coconut oil on the fingers. And then you get into sort of a romantic mood and you kind of slide your fingers down your pants. 
<laughs> and and the Billy the ex says, "Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, we get the idea, Tom." <laughs> And, and so it was a joke, you know. I'm a comedian, and on stage, you used to you did a bit about curing your cancer as well with cancer. Yeah, yeah. Right? I would say they, you know, how, how does it work? Treat you say how, how how does it work? I said, well, what happens when you treat uh, the cancer with with marijuana? The cancer cells get so stoned they forget why they're there and they wander off by themselves. You know? <laughs> I th- personally, I think the cancer guy, the cancer cells themselves, they're, they're intelligent. They said, yeah. oh, let's show this guy how we work, how we yeah. really work. Because the truth is about cancer, it's, it's cells, they're zombie cells yeah. that don't want to die. Yeah. And they're kept alive through sugar. Yeah. You know, they feed off sugar. And, and uh, you know, no one oncologist said, "Well, your whole body turns whatever you eat into sugar, right. glucose." Right, right. So, so, so that theory. Is okay, but I disagree iffy, with you know? that doctor, and I, and and it's funny because I'm going to disagree with the doctor, but I am, and because it's not that everything does turn t- turn to sugar, right? But it's how fast did it turn to sugar? Yeah. You see, when you eat like uh, a vegetable. You know, there's sugar in that vegetable, but yeah. there's also fiber and all this other stuff that kind of balances out that sugar. Mm-hmm. But if you put like, uh, you know, syrup or, or uh, granulated refined sugar into something, that, sugar. that's immediate, man. Yeah. It's immediate. It's sugar. It's like a blast that your body is not used to. Even, even you know, the top nutritionists now, they say, hey, if you're going to eat fruit, eat a little bit. You know, fruit's like dessert. You know, you can eat too much fruit, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then if you have fruit juice concentrated, you're just you're, you're bombarding your system with sugar. Well, that's what uh, diabetics, uh, sugar diabetics use to... To, uh, to, to get glucose in their, in their blood as fast as possible. As fast as they can. They, they drink uh, uh, orange juice. Yeah. So, okay, so um, back to when you were treating your prostate, you, you know, you had one guy gave you this advice about a, an anti-cancer diet, right? And it, and it was it was basically a ton of omega omega threes, I think, the yep. one in in salmon. Right? So you eat a, you you were eating a ton of uh, salmon of, of salmon, and you were and taking supplements. taking supplements, oil, fish oil supplements, right? fish oil supplements. And then you were you were also taking some other supplements, vitamin C, some other t- supplements, and then you were. Tons of you were taking C. a lot of uh, a lot of uh, dark chocolate, like really really dark chocolate, yeah. bitter chocolate, and a lot of n- almonds, right? And, and blueberries, almonds and blueberries, right? Yeah. So because of all the antioxidant properties, okay. Yeah. But what we found out was when we did your your blood test, and we did this special blood test and like genetic test for 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 what your body needs, and first of all, what your body is the composition right now. Right, and what we found out was is like your your omega sixes, your oils were way out of whack. Right, yeah. so you overdid it on the fish oil, and then the the the, the toxic stuff, the uh, the the heavy metals in the fish that you were eating were spiked crazy too. So so we learned that you know don't eat very much fish. You're better off eating organic chicken as your protein. I am. I am. Yeah. Yeah. From your from your blood test, yeah, right? Yeah. You're better off eating organic chicken and then just a lot of uh, cruciferous cruciferous vegetables, right? Yeah. And and the thing is, I I quit red meat because I was I went on a paleo diet when I started working out weightlifting before I got yeah. The, and the you prostate. went on a heavy paleo diet. And <clears throat> yeah. You, you went on it so hard that you you flared up your gout. Yeah. And that's I think that's when the prostate 
kicked in. And that could have been your rectal tumor because a lot of they, they, you know, heavy red meat eating leads to rectal cancer. That's, that's what they that's said. Absolutely. And true. that, you know, that's the only thing that the, the modern day oncologist at UCLA, that was the only dietary said, advice. advice that he said, yeah. no red meat. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, Red meat's like like fucking cigarettes, man. <laughs> I mean, the fact is, is that it's the the science is in. Yeah. You know, it's 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 cancer causing. Yeah. You know, period. Yeah. Um. So okay, then then so we're we're you're going through the treatment. And they're, they're, so here's another thing, man. When you get diagnosed with cancer, you gotta go to like how many doctors did you go to? You went to the prostate guy, the colorectal guy, your normal guy. You, then you go to an oncologist who's like the chemo guy. Then you go to a uh, holistic a, a holistic guy. Just we want to make sure your diet. The diet. Then we yeah. go to the radiation guy. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah. And then, man, there's like, and you, then you need like an insurance card for every one of them. And then you need, you know, then there's a different office for every one of them. And man, it was tough. I'm in I'm in my forties, and it was tough to keep track of where to take you. Yeah. You know, and so, God damn, I don't even know what it's like. How does someone in their 80s do this shit on they their die. own? They, they just die. They yeah, die. You don't. you don't make it. They die. So, they die. Yeah, you know what they do, they, the, the doctors? <laughs> for, for the, what they do here in America, they examine your visa card or yeah. your, your insurance card. Yeah, that's, that's the first thing first they thing. say. Yeah. Uh, can, can I have your insurance card? Yeah. And then if you can't afford the treatments, then they refer you to clinics yeah. and next thing you know you're you're done and and like when you go to your local like your general practitioner it's like a nice little office there's a couple people waiting you know mm. when you go to a cancer ward oh man. man it is fucking busy yeah it's like packed packed yeah. man mm-hmm. it's a factory yeah you know people there that's what happens man yeah everyone everyone's going through it and there's young old the whole yeah, right. the whole, the whole spectrum, gamut. Yeah, and, and that's that's what I learned. I was I felt so lucky because I was you know mobile. I was yeah. walking around, and I'd meet people that they would come up to me and they hobble up to me and they're talking and you know. And so how old are you? Oh, I'm sixty one. Yeah, and look at it. I'd look at them, you know, and I'm seventy seven. I'm thinking, whoa, yeah, you know, they're they're major grateful. Well, thank thank you yeah. uh, all the weight training I did and all yeah. the all the good living. And you then you, you you would start running into people you knew in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. good friends of mine, Robert Gilbert. He was uh, the guy that built uh, Dylan's house and Cheech's house mm-hmm. and my house. Yeah. He, he's a house builder and an artist and a beautiful guy. And and when I met him, I met him. I was I went walking by after one of my radiation treatments and I heard this voice, Tommy, Tommy. And I looked down. It's Robert. Hey, what's up? Tommy, what's wrong? Uh, I got cancer. What? Lung. In the lungs, yeah. Yeah. From smoking too much pot. (laughs) That's what he told me. Uh He was smoking pot. But I think he smoked cigarettes, too. But Cheech told me after that that Robert had that whatever it was in his lungs for years. Oh, wow. And he never treated it. Oh. And when he went in, finally went in, it was stage four. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like it's scary to have to treat it. But trust me, it's scarier if you fucking let it linger. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? So it's not that bad. You know, that's the other thing that I wanted to to point out on on the cat. 
podcast. You know, it's your attitude. Yeah. You see, you your body will heal itself if you give your body the orders to yeah, heal. Yeah, you have itself. to have that intention. Right, yeah, you have yeah. to have that intention. Like yeah. we are, we're here to heal. We're not here to die. Yeah, we're not here to get worse. Yeah, we're here to heal. Yeah, we're here to heal. Exactly. And and don't don't give me these uh, voodoo uh, treatments that might work or worked on somebody you know in Africa or something. Yeah, I, I want to see the statistics of guys that you know work here. Yeah. And, yeah. and you you want to go with the highest rate of success. And you also have to look at the spiritual side. Yeah. There, it's so important. It is so important because we're spiritual beings, yeah. you know, and we're only here to learn. The planet Earth is a physical school. It's it, it, the laws of the physical laws dictate, you know, how long you're going to be here right. on this Earth in physical form. Right. But you will be here forever in a spiritual form. Right. Because it doesn't take any energy. You are energy. Yeah. And so when the body leaves or dies, you know, it's like trading in your old car. Your old car dies, okay, you get a new car. And you go back to the dealer, and and then you get another car, and then you decide what you need to learn, what you learned, and then what you have to learn going further. Yeah, yeah, you'd come in, I'd take you to the radiation, and you'd crack jokes with all the guys, you know, and hang out. But, But, man, that radiation... You don't start feeling at first, but they warn you. They warn you that it's going to start, you know, messing you up. And it did. Yeah, it like, did. Like the fifth, sixth week, it was, it was rough, man. It was, it was rough. But you know how? Uh, then, then again, and the, when I underwent radiation, it takes about ten minutes, you know. And, and what you're doing, you're getting uh, zapped with radiation in the well, area. Well, I didn't mean that. The the actual treatment it's it's the afterward it's it's the you you know you're you're, you're fried your your butt right yeah. so you can't hold your poop we had you had to get the depends man oh. you know <laughs> you did and you you were like man not only you weren't like ups, this is, this you weren't is, upset about wearing the depends you were like man <laughs> paris get me the fucking depends man. <laughs> <laughs> this 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 is kind of because, but i'm weird that way you know because to me everything is a is a, an adventure yeah you know and it was oh i'm gonna do this oh i'm gonna yeah. do that you know everything is an adventure <laughs> and, and i remember whole foods in venice and I felt this urge, you know, I'd been eat. I, I ate a, a, a taco. I think we ate tacos yeah. and that. And, and I was at the door and the bathroom is right across the end of the, yeah. uh, the store. And I've been feeling discomfort, you know, this is before the operation. <laughs> and I was feeling discomfort. And I said, Oh, I got to go. And so I was talking to somebody and I just had to quit talking to him and it went a beeline for the, yeah. for the bathroom. And, it was like an eruption. It was like a volcano erupting. Yeah, just Mount, oh, Mount you can't, you can't hold it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. And I could feel the rumbling, uh-huh. rumbling, and I got right to the door of the bathroom, and somebody was in there. Oh shit! And Mount Helena exploded. We did you feel that like like sweats and stuff? But you know what? It's not like you didn't get any like, sweats, huh? No, you it's know, not like you're sick. No, it's just no, you know what happened. What? I was standing there and waiting for the guy to get out of the bathroom, and this smile came over my face. You know that smile little two-year-olds when they 
when they crap their pants, you know. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? They're nothing. You know, they're just <laughs> they're like they're there. all tense. They're, <laughs> they're standing and, and they get that little that the little smile, oh, the relief. <laughs> yeah, the, the relief. relief. I'll, I, you know, it was really my last bowel movement, and I'll never forget it. It's in, printed in my mind. I, I I had tears of joy in my eyes. I swear <laughs> to God, and and it was like funny. And I'm, you know, did you feel shame? Did you feel embarrassed? Not, did you feel I, anything oh, like that? I felt so relieved. See, I'm I'm old. When you get old, man, you have no shame. Yeah, <laughs> just no, you don't. Huh? That's why old guys walk around. They got their ass hanging out. Yeah, they, they don't care. Yeah, you know what? What? What do you care? Yeah. You know. Yeah, take a yeah, yeah. Hey, you're cover that up. Oh, why? Yeah. You know, and, and so <laughs> when I stood there, and then I that we had to go to your place. Yeah. Well, first of all, I had to yeah. I had to do my laundry yeah. in the toilet. Well, that but you know you're one of many homeless guys doing the same laundry in that toilet. Totally. They had signs on that that actual <laughs> bathroom like, please don't brush your teeth here, <laughs> and no and no doing laundry in the sink. <laughs> Well, I was one of the boys. I was one of the boys. And then I walked, I'm walking out. Now, I, my, my pants are like, I, like I've been in a swimming pool. Yeah. You know, because they're soaking wet. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I'm walking out and I get stopped by some fans. Yeah. John, John, you're my yeah. favorite man. You know, I love you. Hey, mind if I take a picture? I'm standing there. With your poop pants? Yeah, hold on. No, they're clean. Yeah, they're, they're clean. They're, but they're wet. They're wet, yeah. <laughs> I'm standing there, you know, pose for pictures. And, and then I went over to your house. You're listening to the Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, more flavor. com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. From high atop Mount Soldad in San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level. Good morning. It's good news with cannabis nurse Heather. This plant is amazing. Positive change is happening. We did it. No matter who you are, you can make a positive impact on the world. I would rather be illegally alive than legally dead. And that quote helped to give you strength. Nurse Heather is only on CannabisRadio.com. Good morning, Cannabis Nurse Heather. The Tommy Chung Podcast is back only on CannabisRadio.com. And I think like that or one of the other days, that's when we met Christopher. Christopher. Yeah, and I think then, it, was, it was that day. And then he turned us on to uh, this injectable oil, hemp oil. Yeah. And uh, we started doing the injections. Well, it's a, kind of Rick Simpson oil. No, it's not, Dad, because Rick Simpson oil is the oxi- oil, it's oil. oxidized high THC oil. And now Christopher's oil is an entire plant. So it's like, it's like if, if the female got 
pollinated by the male, and then they made another plant, the hermaphrodite. You know, the one that, that every grower that grows for buds Hates. does not want to see. <laughs> yeah, and that's the best medicine. So this, this guy, you know, he, he cured himself, and he cured a lot of people. But he was also doing all the other traditional medicine. Yes. You know, he wasn't just curing himself no, with his no. CBD oil. He was, you know, he was getting radiation, chemo, the whole thing. Anyways, we met this cool guy, and he turned us on to this injective oil. We're big cannabis people, and we're like, hey. We did a little research on it and found out it's not it's non-toxic. You, know, you, you can't get poisoned yourself with this stuff. But what your, your friend, uh, Dr. Harvey Carp, he told you just be careful if you it, that make sure that it, it is for injecting because if it's yeah. if it's just oil you're injecting you can die yeah you know? so we made sure that this is this special and it's made for injection we don't know what exactly got you healthy again but i think it helped i really do because I, I think I, when, yeah. when you yeah, started doing that it. it was pretty cool brought me back it, 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 my personality came back so we did you did the chemo and then you did the chemo was just pills right and what was cool yeah. was is that you you were lucky because you were taking this stuff called avidart and avidart makes you grow hair yeah you know so your hair was nice and nice and thick and then the, the, the chemo didn't do that to you so no. the chemo just kind of wiped you out just made you tired you know and, yeah. and, the, and the radiation made you tired everything made you just wiped out and then in discomfort and in pain yeah and then we were doing Tommy Chong, the almost legal TV show during the time. Yeah, you know when I was healing. This is pre-surgery. This yeah. is this is like you were wiped out, man, and you just toughed it out and you pulled off ten episodes. I I was very impressed. Well, what happens when you have to work? That's another thing too. You know, when you get old, and the worst thing you can do, I think, in in a lot of cases, is to retire, especially when you're in show business. Because if the, you're doing what you love, the adrenaline that you get when you're doing something that you love right. will make you. Well, well yeah. that's why Bob Hope lived to be older yeah. than dirt. You yeah. Know? Because when he had to do a show, before he did a show, he'd be in a wheelchair and kind of sitting there. <laughs> you know, he was like, he was like a, what do you call those, uh, those things that you're trying to turn dirt in? Compost heap. <laughs> he, he was like a human compost heap. They'd turn him to the sun to keep him in the, in the sun. But if he had a gig, yeah. I talked to uh, one of his, people mm. and if, if bob hope had to do a, a job they would put on makeup and mm. then he'd get his wig on mm -hmm. and then I, the twinkle would come back into yeah. his eye and next thing you know he'd stand up he said let's go do this and he would come alive yeah and that's the, the key if you have something to do that's meaningful yeah and that's what happened with the show. You know, when I had to do the show, all of a sudden everything just disappeared, and I could do the show. And but after the show, you know, then I had to go get <laughs> carried home. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. So then it's like go time. So it's go get your surgery done. We got through the morphine. You got through the the, the surgery, and then you you smoked weed. Smoked weed. We did the injectables the whole time. And then, like six, it took like six weeks of just hell, right? It was like nothing tastes good. You you couldn't feel comfortable. You couldn't you couldn't sit down. You couldn't lay down. It was just it was just very very tough. Well, what happens? The surgery in your butt, you know. And then we had to keep clearing the area. Yeah. And and that 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 was was very uncomfortable. 
but because well, because okay, the radiation just turns all that tissue that was radiated into like really really delicate thin paper, yeah. and so when they when they after they cut everything up and then they're sewing they sew everything back up, but you're sewing it on super delicate fabric that yeah, just create paper, <laughs> yeah, create and and it just it, Pulls apart. Pulls apart completely, yeah. right? And so the so the, the surgeon goes, Yeah, Paris, you, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have to pack this with tape every day, you know, and I was like <laughs> I, I gotta pack my dad's butthole with tape with, with packing tape every day. Okay, man, let's do this, you know, and and we had to do it three times a day, man. Yeah. I'd cry. I'd squeal like a like. Oh, like, the, like you were so uh, sensitive like there. A sissy in a in a in a. <laughs> you were so sensitive there. I would I would I would just touch your. But you, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, just hold down. I would just. You, you go. Okay, well, hold me a little tighter. Hold me. And then I, I, not even. Like you were, you would psych yourself up, man. You were, you were so well, it's all nerves, up. man. It's nerves. It felt like you were sticking a needle. Oh, in. I can't imagine. And and you know what? And the, the surgeon showed me, and and he was like, okay, this. And so he kind of showed me, and then and then he's like, come back next week, and we'll see how you did it. And then so I came back next week, and he goes, oh, you know, yeah, I give you a B minus. B, I think he gave you a B minus, you know, because he says, he says, man, you really gotta pack it up there. And then after that, man, we, it would go like I was packing like like thirty inches of tape up there, you know. And then what you're doing is you're soaking up all the the goo. And then cleaning it out because if the goo gets settled in there, it's like a cesspool, and that's what can lead to infection. infection. And so that's what leads to uh, the rest of it. And if you get infected down there, you're done. Oh, you're fucked. You know. Mm-hmm. So so we did that, and then sure enough, man, it went away. Yep. And then now you're sitting down, you're working out, yep. you're looking great. You you gain your weight back. No more cushion, sitting back. You know, I'm doing playing golf again. Yeah, you know, walking around, doing working out in the gym. Yeah, and then they we got the we got the results back from the pathology test where they test the the what's it called the tissue the, the that tissue, they yeah. had taken out and it, it came back like better than you can imagine. And but but they still sent us to the oncologist and they said, hey, listen, you know, you can say no, you don't have to do some more chemo, but we find. In our research, that if you do, you know, what do they five more cycles? Well, six altogether. Six cycles of that low dose chemo. So twenty one days on and seven days yeah, off. Yeah, it brings it brings your chances of of it not coming back yeah. recurring much higher. So yeah. we and you know you you didn't have that severe side effects from from nope. the chemo. It was the radiation that was really painful later yeah. on. But uh, so you're doing that. So. And there's one procedure that I went through. As soon as I got back home, I found out, you know, I, I couldn't read. You know, my, my eyes were bad, uh, you know, and I couldn't couldn't get comfortable to read. And so I had my daughter read on, come and read to me, you know. And we found this book, my favorite book by uh, Joe Goldsmith, uh-huh. The Secret Power of Truth. And and she would she read that to me. I think we're in our third cover to cover reading, and she would read me a chapter a day, and that it, in itself had the power, this truth, power of truth. Yeah. And I could, I could, I just it not only healed me, but it healed Radon. Radon was having problems, and then uh, not only my problems not only disappeared, but the abundance started flowing in. Yeah, I mean it was crazy. 
it's crazy, you know, that the, the abundance of, of life just comes to you. If you get your mind and your body, but especially your mind on the the spiritual aspect of, of yeah. our life. And it, I swear to God, man, it's the most important part of the whole, the whole pro- procedure. Well, I, I thought it was really cool. Not only that radon, but you know, all your, your kids and your friends, they really, everyone really stepped up and they just wanted to spend time with you and just do whatever they could to alleviate your discomfort. You know what I mean? And, Except uh, Cheech. Cheech was the only one. <laughs> Cheech was the only one. He was hoping I'd die so he could just take the whole thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, little Mexican. He wouldn't, he's no, a- no, to be fair, Cheech would check on, he would, he would get an update from me several times a week. Yeah, he but then always, he, he'd say, did he, did he leave me any money? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know what he wants. He, yeah, was, he, he was checking in on you. He was making sure. He was, yeah, he was yeah. really worried about you. And he was keep looking at Shelby thinking, well, she's going to be a widow pretty soon. You're listening to the Tommy Chung Podcast only on CannabisRadio.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com The Tommy Chung Podcast is back only on CannabisRadio.com you know, a lot of your contemporaries, they're dying, man. No kidding. David Bowie. Yeah. David Bowie left this Glenn, planet. Glenn Fry. Glenn Fry, yeah. I mean, these guys are your contemporaries. I mean, yeah. these guys are they're like... They're younger than me. Yeah. They were all younger than me. Yeah. So I can imagine like, you know, you're going along <laughs> in life and then you see all these people start dropping. You're like, shit, man. And then, you know... And then there was a rumor that I died. Yeah, there was a hoax. It was a hoax, yeah. And I had a friend of mine that who's also got cancer. He was on chemo. <laughs> he was kind of going crazy. He was uh, sending me some hate mails. And then he heard that I died and he called me up. Tommy, is it you? You're alive, man. He started crying, oh, you're alive, man. <laughs> he started crying, oh, I love you, man. <laughs> so the, the good, good things come out of this stuff. <laughs> good things do come out of the, the hoax, man. You know, the thing is, when you get old, like you said, you know, old people when they have a nap, you know, everybody checks their pulse <laughs> and see if they're still here. <laughs> and Diane, I'm telling you, I, I, we watched Edna Shelby's mom. She was ninety ninety six or something like that when when she passed. You know, we we were there basically. Uh-huh. You know. She was having a hard time, you know. It was tough, you know. Yeah. Then, 
But then when you go at school, you know, like I say, uh, you know, life is eternal. And so there's no problem. You know, you're, you're going to be around, you're going to come back, but, you know, at <laughs> a different time and space, you know, but it's going to happen. Yeah. So these are the things that trip me out. And I realize, man, you're going through something really rough. Because, you know, I understand physical pain. I understand, like, you break a leg, you, you know, you got to heal and it hurts and you're hobbling. I get that. But when you said, thought of that food disgusts me i was like because i've never heard you say that about any food no like even shitty food no. you don't even like it when i talk bad about shitty food you no. always try to think of something positive to say about the shitty food well, we you don't want to curse what you just put in your body that's the worst thing you could do that's why when you bless your food when you say grace what yeah. you're really doing is telling your body that hey what i'm putting in my body you know hey go for it it's the best you know, it's it's a mental thing. That's that's and that's what you got to do with life. Yeah. You know, no matter what is handed to you, it's it's a test. So so there was that. I said, okay, well, you know, in three months we gotta we gotta do a gig, and you were like, I didn't want to. You work. said, I I I can't do it. I cannot even imagine being able to go on stage again. No, I thought you I thought, you said there's no way. It was I over. can't even imagine. I can't I can't do it. And I and. And it was still months away, and we, we you were getting better. You, you you just you the thought of it just it was unfathomable. No, I I, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to play music. I didn't want to. Yeah, you couldn't even play guitar. <clears throat> I like never. You, like you wouldn't play guitar. You wouldn't no. sing. What were you watching on TV a lot? You, there, you got into watching something on TV a lot that that kind of soothed you. The gig came around? Well, I was watching the History Channel and how things are made. Yeah, how things are made. How yeah. things are made. Yeah. That would fascinate me. Yeah. You know, how you make uh, Tootsie Rolls. And then you got, a, <laughs> you got a reprieve from having to go out to dinner with your wife every night. We got to order you food. <laughs> oh, I'm still using that excuse. <laughs> and then she, you know, she, she caught onto that. And then she started making you go out more and more and more. And then it was weird because of the, like, it was like three weeks before the gig. And you, that's when you clicked. That's when you were like right back you know yeah. and then we did the show with war it was fun you yeah. had a good time yeah I, I, I was back and then now we did a couple shows without war and you you enjoyed that even more oh way more because yeah. i you know that's what we were you know and i was i'm getting back to who i was yeah and you have a hard time sharing time with cheech so if you add even more people to well, share he time, wanted me to die there's, there's no doubt <laughs> no but if you had <laughs> if you have more people to share time with it's less fun, you know. You you like that time. That's yeah. that's your stage time, man. Oh, you know, man. that's your outlet. That's your release. Well, you know, when we did the last show, I I never thought about what I was going to do on stage, and then I got out there and I started thinking of bold bits, you know, that I could do, you know, that would would work, and then I realized the the most fun I ever had was getting out there and, and just doing a Donald Trump, you yeah. know, just whether nothing written, just go out there and ad lib, yeah, you know, not, just. Off the top of your head, yeah. whatever comes in, and because that's a muscle, I've seen it. I've seen you do it, Dad, and, and you develop that talent and that technique. And you know what? Where I see it manifest itself is in interviews. Oh yeah, because yeah. that's that's basically you, you're you're constantly writing. You're constantly, yeah. and it and it keeps you present and it keeps you listening and engaged. Yeah, because you have to be. You can't come up with shit if you're not. No, you know it won't make sense. No, and the other mm -hmm. thing is that you don't have any memory. Like 
that's why uh, when we do talk shows and that, I had to have you put the prep me up, you know, or yeah. I need a, a teleprompter to yeah. remember people's names and who it is, what, what, what I'm talking about. Right, right. Because when you're in the present, you're in the present. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, you know, about this podcast. You know, I said, yeah, we'll talk about the cancer and everything else. But, you know, what, what I really want to do from now on is is to solve world problems. Like when when I went on Twitter and and said that marijuana uh, will save the world, uh-huh. and that went viral, and, and that really kicked the Tommy Chong podcast or, or the internet. It got it going because it went, went went around the world. You know that hemp can save the world, and this yeah. is way before Colorado yeah. and all that things. I feel like my job is now is to calm everybody down and and focus on how we can save this planet. Well, that I feel that this episode and you sharing your experience does just that because. Like we said, there's a lot of people going through this. And because you're so outspoken about it and because it's in the press, I get calls, you get calls, my sisters get calls, my mom gets calls. Everyone comes to us for advice, for encouragement, for some just how are we going to get, how do you get through it? How did you do it? Mm-hmm. What happened? And they're so appreciative of hearing your story and mm-hmm. of hearing. Because I don't sugarcoat it. I don't tell people, you know, oh, this is the best. This, this is going to cure it. You know, it's not, man. You, you, you never know. You never know. You know, you got to just go, you know, and like you said, with, with the mind, body, and soul. And, and just and do it all. Yeah. You know, take care of business. Yeah. You know? It's your attitude. It's your mind. You see, the only thing people can control is how and what they think about. Yeah. That's what you can control. And if you can't control that... Yeah. You know, then you have to learn how to control it, and and the best way to do that is to read the, the self help books. You yeah. know that will will put you on the path. Yeah. You know because every there every wise man or religious leader or spiritual leader on earth ha- has the truth, the message. They know what to say. Just like hey, listen. Even listening to Donald Trump. Donald Trump is 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 probably the most runaway train weirdo that we got. But I was listening the other day, and all of a sudden, it dawned on me that he was what he was doing, and what he is doing is is so helpful for the planet. It's it's unbelievable what he's doing and what he's done. He's exposing all the the liars. You know that that the, the Republican Party that were attacking uh, Obama, attacking Hillary, attacking uh, you know, and lying about these people, and so it, Don, Donald came in there and he just ripped the cover right off that whole facade that they had, and and himself, it was like he sacrificed himself to show the world how shallow and how ignorant that that whole approach is yeah. you know and and how much lies are being spread you know the bigotry and the lies that that were the hatred against president obama well, well we're we're going to i'm going to cut you off because we're not going to get political in this episode 
You know, there's plenty of episodes that are coming. You can get as political as you want. This is the cancer episode. You've been talking to Cheech, haven't you? Okay. And in the cancer episode, we need to talk about... Cheech didn't want me to talk political either. What do you mean? Well, he he shut me off. When? He tried to. Yeah. When? Well, I know. Yeah, I, he just look at me, and I know I know that look. What's that look? Oh, here he goes again. <laughs> yeah. the, here he goes again. <laughs> when we introduced uh, Lou Adler to the uh, Hall of Fame, uh, literally told me on the stage, "Come on, let me talk." Oh, oh yeah. Oh, but I, I, oh, I, oh man, it's funny because we did a show with Cheech this weekend, right in Reno, and and we were coming home yesterday. We were flying home, and and it was the Oscars at night, you know, and so he. He told me the story about how you guys did the Oscars. Okay? Uh-huh. He says that it was the worst fucking entrance ever because there was a pyramid in the back of the stage, right? So uh-huh. the, the set was a, a big stage, you know, big Oscar stage mm-hmm. and then a pyramid. And then first off, they said, listen, we want you guys to dress up in your, in your outfit. You know, we want you wearing headbands and, t- and beanies and plaid shirts and the whole, your, your, yeah. your costumes. Your right? And, locals, and yeah. you guys were like, yeah, fuck off. No, we're not doing that, you know? And then, then they, so there was a bit where you, when you guys go up to the podium, there's going to be all these Oscars. There's going to be seven Oscars there because you're supposed to hand the Oscars to the winners, right? Yeah. And you're going to pretend that one of the Oscars is yours. You know, yeah. that, that was the bit. Of course, so, I, I don't re- re- remember that. But so so uh, so there's a big pyramid, and then they, they announce, "Hey, Cheech and Chong," you know, and you guys start walking up the walking up the back of the pyramid, and there's a big applause. Everyone's happy, but you even get halfway up the backside before the applause is over. So now you have to walk. He said you got to keep walking up and over the, the the pyramid, and then down the pyramid, and then walk up to the podium. And it, it's like a long time. You know, and so basically what he was telling me was the stage designer fucked up because you don't want to or the announcer fucked up, one or the other, because you you want that applause, that roar of applause to be going right up until you speak. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't. It was like a this dead silence. You're listening to the Tommy Chung podcast only on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around. Listen in as medical marijuana pioneer Dr. Dina shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. I want to share with you what was once confidential information. Let's expose the truth, discuss the issues, and learn the facts. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, more flavor. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The State of Cannabis. 
Oh my God, it's refreshing. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of of many of those things, and and find ourselves in in a a place that we finally can. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. The Tommy Chung Podcast is back, only on CannabisRadio.com. At the time, you guys were, you guys were quite the rebels. You were the, the, the studio darlings, and you were famous as hell, but the, the Academy type people, you know, the award winning films. And no the, idea. They, they, they just. A lot of them. They had a lot of disdain for you. You know, yeah, well, a lot of them, uh, they didn't know our work. They're too busy working. You know, all actors, you know, they don't even see the other people's work, you know, because true. they're working themselves, true, true. you know, and, and they're into their own world. But you, you guys were also like, uh, you know, you didn't come up the ranks. You, you like... We did it our you, own you way. You created your own movie. Yeah, yeah, your yeah. own your own style, your own movie, your own yeah, everything. Yeah. You never did like you didn't even you weren't you didn't even appear in a movie until you fucking started in a movie. Yeah. That's pretty incredible, yeah. right? So, but then he, then he, then she told me that, uh, you know, he likes the Golden Globes because they get drunk. Everyone gets yeah, drunk, yeah. you know, and everyone's like, yeah, hey, yeah, let's go. Hey, look at her tits, you know. Yeah. You go, you go walk over and start, you know, everyone's just getting wasted, you know. And, and you know, we know what that's like because if there's a lot of drinkers and paying attention, then all of a sudden, like, three quarters of the way through it, you hear this rumble. It's like, it's just, it's like a drunk audience, you know, because they can't shut up. They're just, you're getting, they're getting antsy. How long is this shit going to last? And and the Oscars, they don't serve wine. They don't serve anything. So you got three and a half hours and everyone out there, this is, well, this according to Cheats is just waiting to hear their name. They're just waiting to be acknowledged and hear their name. So they're not paying attention to anything else, but waiting to just hear their fucking own name. Yeah. You know, and I get it because, your career, your your next gig c- could depend on how you did that night. That's right. You know, you know people want to be famous. They want to get into acting. They want to get into you know. They want to be a movie star. But they 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 don't realize how intense of a of a of a feeling it is that it's fleeting. That it's that oh shit, it's it's over. It's done. You know, right? That yeah. Because I I feel like like actors are always. They're always trying to hustle and figure out their next job. They they can they can't even almost enjoy the job they have or the life they have because they're so. Uh, well, look at it this way: they're learning lines. They're learning to be somebody else, uh, even prepping for their next movie. Yeah. And so they they don't really have a personality. They have the personality that was given to them by the writers right. and the directors. And now this is who you are. And this is when you say this, and this is how you say this. Yeah. And when they get to the awards show, unless they got their stuff written out, yeah. you know, they're 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 stuck for for an answer. Yeah. So so what is so I, then I so then you guys you guys okay you walked across and then you're supposed to get there and you get to the podium and there's no freaking Oscars there. So yeah. then then the whole bit that you guys had planned is just completely gone and you had to kind of ad lib to a freaking completely dead fish audience man and he says it was just you know you did it you guys did your thing you know you made you made the best of it well what it was we we had to give uh the oscar for the special effects Uh that's all it was a special effects and we talked about daryl hannah you know in the in the pool and so the teach went a little got a little sexy with her oh he did and then we had to go outside with johnny carson on the on the fire escape Uh uh-huh 
And Johnny Carson's another guy. He can't ad lib a, a, a fart if he had to. You know, he what? just he could not on his show. Come on, he added. I swear to God, we went out there. Oh, he didn't know Cheech and Chong. You know, yeah. I mean, his his crew knew who we were, yeah. but not, not Johnny. Johnny, his he was all geared for two Mexican uh, uh, lowriders. Uh -huh. And and when we got out on the balcony, he he he, he kind of looked a little scared, like he was going to get mugged. <laughs> <laughs> and he never said anything. He never said a word, other than uh, hey, pretty pretty hot in there, huh? Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. And oh yeah, I remember that night. Good. I, I, How old do you think Johnny was back then? Uh, no idea. No idea. Give I was, me a guess. Give me. I was a guess. in my forties, so Johnny would probably in his fifties, sixties maybe. Maybe sixties. Yeah. No, no sixties. Yeah, fifties, sixties, somewhere, somewhere around there, you know. I seen Johnny later, you know, after he retired. Yeah. He had long hair. Yeah. And he was in the bathroom in uh, in Malibu. Yeah. Uh, 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 putting water up his nose. <laughs> oh, because he, he had a lot of coke the night before or something? <laughs> <laughs> trying to breathe. Trying to breathe. He was in there snorting water. He had his face under the, so the did tap. He, <laughs> did he kind of look like Howard Hughes? Is that what he kind of looked like? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He had long hair. The first time. But that night at the Oscars, I remember meeting uh, um, Mel Gibson. Uh, Mel right? Gibson at yeah. the urinal. Yeah, and Mel. Mel. Said, he was a nervous young actor. Oh, right? he was nervous. He said, uh, you, "You you can't stand this stuff either, huh?" Yeah. <laughs> to me. Yeah. And I said, "Yeah, I guess I can't." <laughs> I was like, I I was digging everything. You know? Yeah. We met Stallone. Uh, yeah, you looked like you. you you know, well, I remember I was a little boy at home. I watched it. You, got, you looked, you looked like you were having fun. You I had, a, it. I loved it. I had a great time. I think Cheech mm -hmm. enjoyed it too, but he just, he was. Like, well, you know, he Cheech, looking back on it, he would, he poo pooed it. You know, Cheech, Cheech, uh, you know, things like applause stopping too soon and all that really bothers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he he doesn't like he doesn't like surprises like that. You know. No. And because he doesn't know what to do, you know. And then when we went backstage, they got a picture of us, you know, picking the Oscar. Yeah. You know? We want to thank the Academy for this, you know, big giant Oscar. <laughs> you know, we, we were playing around with it, uh, you know, like, a, you know, it was very gay. I thought, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that that artist, uh, Plastic Jesus, he did the one where the, the Oscar, the statues, like, uh, bent over on the ground, snorting lines of cocaine. Uh, Did you see yeah, that yeah, art yeah, piece? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this year, it's the Oscars uh, dancing on a pole with dollar bills around it. You're listening to the Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Boober vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Boober Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Boober way.
Doc, Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. The Tommy Chung Podcast is back. Only on CannabisRadio.com. So you watched the Oscars last night. What did you think? Loved it. Loved, I love uh, Chris Rock. Love Chris yeah, Rock. Yeah, he's man. great. He's great. I loved everybody. Where, what do you feel about... Okay, let's, let's talk about this whole uh, Oscars so white, diversity, that kind of thing. You, do you agree with that? Or do you agree that there's a, a, a problem there? I look at everything like an event. You know, yes, I, I think... I don't judge anything. I just say, uh, yeah, it happens because it's true. You know, no, no black actor was was nominated because I guess no uh, uh, movie that had the black actor in there. Maybe Creed well, should well, have been nominated. He, he I, I love Creed. Good luck trying to get a black movie made. You know, yeah. it's probably it's probably like a hundred times harder than getting a white movie made, and a white movie made is getting is really fucking hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. I do. Like I do believe that uh, that you need you need events like this. You yeah. they they need a a push in order to change uh, the institution yeah. because it's the in- institution, right? It's yeah. like it's like uh, uh, the country club, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like if it's all white, you know, it's all white. You know, they're not going to let the brown people in. It was, it's not until those first few brown people get in there and then they start inviting more brown. But people. the thing is, it's it's not a benevolent <laughs> society. You know, you know, you have to earn all that shit. You know, there's no question you have to earn it, but you, there should be more opportunities. Well, it's like it's a Trump, Trump, Trumbo, Trumbo, Trumbo. That, that movie said it all. Here's the guy that wrote all that shit because uh, you know some white uh, supremacist. No, but Dad, I'll tell you. Here's the deal. Uh, I read this article about Trevor Noah, and and he says, "Listen, I'm taking over John Stewart's show." He says, uh, "I want I want the best writers you can get, but I want some diversified writers. I, I want a diversified looking writing crew, right?" Mm-hmm. So he gets his 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 all his uh, his list of writers, and they, they come, and they're all white male, right? And he goes to uh, his management, and he goes, "What's the deal, man?" And he says, and and no, not manager. His producers and his producers said, "Listen, we put the word out with every agent out there that we want that that this writers in, and we're looking for everybody." And he goes, oh, "Okay." And so then, then he goes, "Well, okay, well, this isn't good enough. I got to go find some some black writers, some Mexican writers, some Asian writers." And so he goes and looks for them, right? And he finds them. And he puts the word on. He goes, well, "What's the deal, man? Why didn't you Why didn't you uh, apply to my my writing job?" And he goes, "We'd never heard about it." And the, and what they found out was is that because uh, he goes, "Hey, but I, I sent it to the, all, through all the agents and managers." And he says, "Well, that's your problem. No, it's very hard for for us to get represented by an agent or a manager." Yeah, as a black writer or yeah. So so that's the interest. So the gatekeepers 
are the management and the, right. and the agents. And That's you know, right. and they're just looking for money. And so, so an agent doesn't want to make their job harder by getting a black actor or a black writer, which is getting which is much harder to get work for. Yeah. But but it's it's good to at least being able to identify the problem, right? Yeah. Because then 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 you know what you know what's cool is because there's then there's going to be like a guy like Jay Z. That's that already has a management company, Rock Nation or something like that, that manages athletes. So maybe he's gonna, maybe he should. We should put the word out to him to start his own talent agent for writers, for actors, for comedians, mm-hmm. for producers, for directors, all those kinds of people, and so that 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 they have representation, you know. Yeah. So when the word gets out, they, it goes to his company too. But you know, you know, you know the bottom line is it's it's talent. It's talent. Talent is talent is colorblind. But dad, if and I'll tell you. Uh, let, let me give you an example. Uh, the uh, dot com business. Okay, they got no problem. No, it's absolutely terrible. They they have the hardest diversity problem around. Did you know that? You mean the people from India that they use? The people from no, China? the engineers, but the actual the actual people that run the company. No, no, I'm not talking about those guys. I'm talking no, about not, the not talent. Just, no, but the admit like the. People in the country, okay, the talent, the trust me, it's a it's a white man's club too, or a Jewish club. Same thing in that world. You know? No, there there used to be a difference. That's not why. anymore. The not Jews anymore. broke that barrier. Okay, the Jews are now the whites. They're part of the whites. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You can't really put it down to, to color. At this point, yeah, I, I, all it is, all it is, Paris. It just makes what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and and so the act, the black actors, you know, you can't, you know, it's it's like what's his name, uh, dissing uh, Taylor Swift, no, but Dad, because if, she won the best uh, but if album. You, if you, you don't know? say something about cops killing black guys. It's not going to change. So it's. I think it's good. You no, I understand. I understand that it's. It's like uh, you know, cleaning up after a tornado. You know, you you have to address the problem, and and the problem is always twofold. It, it's the problem in this world is just simply ignorance. Yeah. It's just ignorance, and when people become enlightened, that's that's the difference. But but you see, you knew early on that where where like. The real music, the real talented people, was in the black community. You know what I mean. And then, and you were drawn to that, right? Yeah. So now, what what I think needs to happen in Hollywood is that instead of just thinking, uh, you know, the black guy is good for some music and some some being an athlete or being, you know what I mean, that mm-hmm. kind of shit. Mm-hmm. It's like no, you they gotta they gotta think outside the box too and look mm-hmm. for that talent. You know what I mean? Because there is there is prejudice in Hollywood, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Yeah, but the thing is, there's prejudice, but there's also areas that are reverse prejudice. You know, like in the music business, for instance. You know, you take uh, for a while there. You know, it was dominated by you know by the Jewish managers that were mm-hmm. that were taking a lot of people's money. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter black, white, whatever. They were just taking they were taking the money. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, now we got uh, you know streaming and that, and you don't have to go through that that thing anymore. Yeah, that's what that's what's happening with the movie business. Well, well, no, the movie business exactly the same thing. You can't tell me, uh, you know, that the the best director who is he? He's a Spanish guy, you know, and and you know it's it's not about color. It's, it, it, it it is about color when when 
when you don't have an opportunity to make your movie. Because here's another thing they brought up is that the movies that they get to make are always period piece and then and the ones that have a chance for Oscar, it's like you're playing a slave. Well then Spike, get your ass together and write a movie. Well that's Oscar No, but here's thing. Spike Spike was the guy and they where's the new one? There's there is there's new guys out there that need an opportunity. Well, it doesn't need to be black. The, the Spanish guys. It could be the Spanish guy's turn. You know? You can't, you can't no, put you it can. down to one da- guy. No, Dad. There, there's things called affirmative action that actually create diversity. And it's a fact, man. Yeah. Okay? You need to do that. You, know, you need to do that. You need to force them to do that. Because if you don't force them, it doesn't change. And look at the Republican Party. It's, that's who you're dealing with. You're dealing with the Republican Party. Even the Democratic Party has to step up. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it never stops. And when, when, when you think it stops. Hey, listen, I remember my, my background, you know, the Chinese, you know, they were treated like dogs. They were treated so bad. They were brought over to build, uh, engin- to engineer the tunnels through the Rocky Mountains. That, that nobody on the planet could do. Only the Chinese had the technology to do it. Yeah. And they were treated so badly, you know, that they even paid for it themselves as an entrance fee uh-huh. to get in. And so, and. But here's the thing, even. With, okay, let's talk about that. Now, now, I, like, it's taken Hollywood to, to just recently to realize it's not good to hire white actors. To play Asians, absolutely, or hire white actors to play Latinos, yeah. or to hire them to play blacks. Even. It depends on the, the or the Egyptians era. It depends or Arabs. On, it depends on the era. No, man, it's it's not right to do that. Not now. It's not right now. Not now. It never was. It never was. No, at one time it. it, it no, it's what it was. Hey, listen. At one time, black actors had to wear black face. <laughs> and that's wrong. Yeah, totally wrong. So I'm just saying. Totally wrong. I'm just saying. It's ignorance. It's all ignorance. And then as we get enlightened, as we but get it, But I think it's times like these that need, that take enlightenment. Yeah, and, this, and, that's, this, and that's why we got Like Chris hand, Rock doing his bit. Like the, like the, the best Academy, thing ever. I just have to give credit to one thing, that the Academy did step up. They hired Chris Rock. They yeah. called it like it is. Yeah. And then they actually made a lot of different changes yeah. in the academy, yeah. in the structure, yeah. in order to, to, to diversify, in order yeah. to, 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 to make things better. Yeah. So i got to hand it to them that they're on the right track. I know? love that. Yeah. Okay. That's it for today. That's it. So, hey, so next time we're going to talk about, let's talk about Chong's Choice and, the, and all the cannabis stuff oh, we're doing. Oh, the weed. Oh. In fact, that's what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to go smoke you, Oh, hey, you got to share some of that weed you got from Reno. That, was, that smelled pretty good. How do you know I got that? Weed? I know what you did. I saw those guys do that. Do those good bugs. He slipped it to me, man. He, he did. He, he did. did. And Cheech never got any. He, he didn't give any to Cheech. No. <laughs> you, you know, you did Because Cheech... Did you hear how Cheech treated him? Yeah. 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 Treated him. Yeah. He said, well, I mean, I was getting annoyed by him, too. But if, if you ever get in town here, here's my card. And Cheech, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give it to Tommy. And so the guy goes, okay, here. And here's a pound of weed. Too. Oh, man. That, that was funny. <laughs> that was, that was the, funny. The classic, man. The classic, you never know 
who, what they got or how they're going to do. Be nice the guy, to the guy was like, he's like, yeah, man, listen, if you want to just do normal shit, you know, just yeah. like fish, something like that, which is cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Cheech was a little bit, a little bit. No, this he is, says, this he says, celebrities do normal shit. What do you mean? He's just kind of busting his balls. No, he for no reason. Yeah. They, you know, that's embarrassing when you do that to people. Yeah. You know, they're, no, it is. They're, they're stepping they're, out of there. Yeah, they're, yeah, it's nerve. You can see them. They're, it's nerve wracking. They're, they're, they're nervous. They're like, yeah. oh, man. And they're super sensitive. And they're from the heart. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm on a, I want you to come to my house. Yeah, why should I come to your house? Yeah. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, you got the blood and you got to share it, man. Okay, sign us out, Dad. Okay, this is uh, Tommy Chong saying be well, be kind, and make sure you do your medicine. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.